Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me is officially published uh, news news magazine writer person Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you? I'm I'm good, Matt. I'm very good. Very good to be published. Very good to be given any attention whatsoever. To be honest, yeah, um, I like all forms of affirmation. Exactly. Uh, if you want to affirm Zach or any of us, tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey It's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at romancircusblog dot com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. I keep calling it iTunes. It's not iTunes anymore, Zach. It's Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate and review us if you have the time. We're also on all the other major podcast platforms. All right. Oh, patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod. That thing, too. Zach, how are you? What's going on in the news? What's going on in your life? All that stuff. You know, life is good. Life is very good. Um, I just wrapped up kind of the busy summer portion of my job, and so mm-hmm. I've got a little bit, a few days until we start uh, the busy build up to the fall stuff. Um, I'm, let's see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. going to Portland this weekend for a wedding. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Who's getting married? What? Who's getting married? Um, a friend from college. Yeah, her name's Emma. It'll nice. Be fun. It's nice to have friends. Mm, right. That's exciting. You ever been to Portland? Never. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting city. I've tried to avoid it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll go there for a wedding, though. That's nice of you. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? Everyone wants to know. No one pays attention to the news anymore except through this podcast. So please give them a little bit of what's in the news. Um, well, so there was a whole Mueller thing. Mueller testified before Congress. Um, I didn't watch it, mm-hmm. uh, but it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. What else is going on out there? Zach, I've, I have a breaking news here. Let's New study it. finds that cats are getting fatter. The term what? fat cat is thrown around quite frequently, but usually not to describe actual cats. Well, a new study out of the University of Guelph, I don't know, finds that cats are indeed getting fatter. According to researchers, cats continue gaining weight well into adulthood, and the average weight of a neutered adult domestic cat has increased over the past 20 years or so. Uh just wanted to get in with that breaking news with that study uh i know you were worried about the health of cats i had a cat it died because it got feline diabetes because it got so fat that it stopped doing cat exercises is is this like is this a gag like what what's going on um i don't think so did you have a cat that died i did all that stuff i said was true and the report that I read also is true, unless there's not a University of Guelph. But I can Guelph? that. Guelph? I don't know. It's G 
G U E L P H, Guelph. And it is in Ontario, which is in Canada. So. Oh, well, it's Canada. What's a Canadian? Like, what does the university mm-hmm. in Canada really mean? Mm hmm. You know, those are your own thoughts. I respect all, all universities, Zach. I don't yeah, think they're well, scams Phoenix, at all. Right? Yeah, exactly. So that's a. I know it's like everyone's right about University of Phoenix. They're just wrong to not extend that to basically all colleges. (laughs) Right, right. The authors Um, of this study analyzed data on 54 million weight measurements taken from over 19 million cats. Wow, the largest feline data. They only had to visit. They only had to visit. 48 single women to get okay <laughs> there it is oh zach mabry that's me mm-hmm. so there you go that's the that's a study i found that's a hot topic news item oh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you well, got thanks for those cat facts <laughs> catfacts.net yeah we're gonna call the news that you provide the uh, the litter box. Oh, that's good. Now let's transition. Let's transition to the litter box with Matt Baker. That's um, very good. Yeah. So, you want to talk about your boy Boris Johnson for a second? Sure. Yeah, Boris Bojo. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to say, but I know that you once said that your uh, Britain is a comic book place that deserves a comic book leader i don't know if that was the exact quote but i liked it i said that didn't you say say it's a ridiculous place that deserves a ridiculous leadership oh that's probably true yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. i mean i think that it's been obvious that britain has been building towards a, a boris johnson prime minister situation since before brexit yeah and I mean, who knows? It could be a disaster, but it it was kind of inevitable. So it's one of those, like, how long do they want to put this off? Because it was definitely going to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just got to let things happen and then deal with the fallout, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, um, but I'm most excited. He gets to have a private audience with Her Majesty the Queen. If only. What? If only we all could. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to be the prime. You have to be Her Majesty's prime minister. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's Boris Johnson uh, coming to a Brexit near you. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, is that it? You want to talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much what's going on in the world. Um, there was that, really, face, yeah. that, that face app. Everyone was all about the face app for like a week. It makes you old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you mm-hmm. do it? Or was no, that, like, is that kind of a sensitive subject to look old? <laughs> Matt does it and it just shows a coffin. It's a tombstone. Like an urn. No, I didn't do it just because I, I didn't want to do it. But that I was didn't a good download joke, it, Zach. but I posted a selfie and someone did it for me. Mm-hmm. How'd you look? I thought I looked great, but my parents were like, "Ooh, ooh, not old, not like, our what? jeans." 
Not our boy, not our jeans. Yeah. They were like, you need to get rid of that mustache. Yeah. And I was like, here's what it looks like today. And they're like, yeah, get rid of it anyway. (laughs) So, but you know, I was going to get rid of it. I was going to get rid of the mustache, but I, I did an Instagram story letting people know I was going to get rid of it. And a lot of people reached out asking me not to. Mm -hmm. So, and, and nobody, nobody was like, yeah, do it. The only people that actually thought to say anything were like, no, don't. And so I was like, okay. And, uh, I didn't, I, I, I am currently still fully mustached, mustached, mustachioed. Mustached. I don't know. Mustached. Mustached. Right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, mustache yes. talk. It's a, it's a wonder why this show is more popular, really, Zach. When you think about it, I know. It. It's like, why doesn't anyone listen to us? Um, <laughs> but then sometimes I'm like, why does anyone listen to us? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. As a point of just to clean up a little bit from last week's podcast, we had Destiny on talked about the border and abortion and all that. Uh, you referenced a podcast done by Freakonomics. No, a, a, it was a book, but it was a, st- a stat that they put out. Okay, so is a stat put out by Freakonomics. A listener, Lorenzo, sent in an email saying that uh, the research was debunked and that Freakonomics actually has done, updated and done a revised podcast that came out within the past couple weeks. Um, I I listened to it a bit, and then something came up, and I couldn't finish it by the time of listening to right uh, or recording the podcast. But just to just wanted to you know clean up the. And then they even said in the Freakonomics episode that like multiple people started citing their episode for things and for like, and then they realized like maybe this research was wrong. Um, so yeah, we weren't, you know, we weren't the only ones, but apparently they've put out a, a revised version of what they were talking about and it's out now. So just wanted to clear that up if I even cleared it up at all. Yeah. I mean, it's a situation where this is, um, they've, they've had to do this multiple times. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it may be that, okay, so they did a 2019 update, um, And they're saying it holds up. Um, So we'll just have to wait because every time that they've done this, it's gotten debunked. And so, yeah, this one that just came out, obviously, um, you know, need a little bit of time. But it's, I mean, it's a ridiculous statistic. And um, I I think it it plays on the the fact that people think like, oh, well, because you know who gets a lot of abortions is, you know, some people. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much your whole statistic there. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't actually hold up. Yeah. Well, they were just talking about in this latest episode how the uh, how the the researchers were confused why pe- why they put out this information and people automatically jumped to race as a conclusion. And all I could think is, what did you expect? I don't know why why you would why you would have thought like people wouldn't have jumped to this being like a eugenics. I mean, that's what they're banking on people just assuming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that was that. There's an update. 
um, check it out. But on with the actual topic for this week. The well, are we going to talk about what the article? Oh, oh yeah, I did do that as a teacher. Man, this is a uh, this is great. Uh, Zach is in the Catholic Herald, the latest edition. Uh, when does it come out, Zach? So the magazine is published on Friday. Um, usually the the online articles show up kind of sporadically, so it may be up by the time this podcast publishes um, mm-hmm. the one that I wrote. My very first article to be published anywhere. So, Yeah, you made the front page of the magazine. Well, uh, I mean, like a blurb in the top corner, but yeah. Still, that works. So yeah. tell us, tell us, give us the brief, the brief showdown, the brief uh, synopsis. What's going on? Yeah, so it was actually something I'd been wanting to do for a while. I basically just kind of wrote about the story um, around my conversion, and you mm-hmm. know when I decided to enter the Catholic Church. Um, and it, you know, it centered around visiting Rome um, and going to the tomb of Saint Peter, and. Um, I'd been meaning to write it for a while, and so when the opportunity to to write it for the Herald came up, I was like, "Oh, good! This puts a deadline on me." Actually, you know, putting pen to paper because it, it just been an idea I'd had for a long time, just to be sure and write it in case like I get you know Alzheimer's or something. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a story that still feels almost unreal to me, but it's uh, it's totally true. And so um, I hope that you guys all read it. Um, it'll be online if you're if you're not like a subscriber or you don't have the print edition readily available. Um, let's see what was I going to say. I think the funniest thing is that you know I submitted it, you know, in English, and they sent it back to me in British. Wait, and I was what? Like, yeah, it was in English, but they sent it back in. So like you know, program was spelled with a you know program p r o. G R A M M E. Yeah, or like favorite. Yeah, I don't know if I said favorite, but if I did, they. Yeah, uh, yeah so you know, I was like, don't translate my English to British. Um, <laughs> but that's what editors are for. And so, um, yeah, I got, uh, you know, editor feedback at the end. I, I told them, thank you for making it uh, coherent. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm excited to have people read it. Um, I mentioned it to a coworker. They're like, oh, are you going to send the link to everyone? And I was like, I mean, it's about why I became Catholic, or not why, but how, um, you know, sort of to the exclusion of becoming anything else. So I, you know, I mean, I guess I'll send it around at work. That'd be fun. But, you know. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to spoil it because, you know, I want everyone to click the link so that they'll, like, keep publishing me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know um let's see matt i didn't know you yet this was 2011 to 2012 right um so a year before your godson became catholic that's right um and pope benedict was still pope but actually they had just this isn't in the article but while i was in rome and at the vatican they had just beatified john paul ii so he had just become blessed oh wow um, and so there was this massive banner with his face on it. Um, and I remember thinking, I'm like, does the current guy ever get tired of this? Like, 
um, you know, not what really you... knowing anything. Like the constant, uh, you know, fanfare around his predecessor. Predecessor, got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like you think Benedict had a banner of his predecessor, you know, over his shoulder. Francis mm-hmm. has literally his predecessor, his predecessor there in the back, right. and so um, right. I don't. I no longer feel bad for Benedict having that banner since, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like having your in-laws living at home or something. The current yeah, situation. yeah, he's just constantly wa- watching over him. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. But amazing. Did we? Did I already say what I would do if I were the Pope and the Pope before me was still alive? What would you do? So we'd have a sit down. And I would say, okay, um, so you're going to voluntarily uh, give up the title. You're going to go back to wearing black. You're going to be cardinal or bishop so-and-so again. um, And you're going to pick your very favorite place in the entire world, and you're going to go there and live in a monastery for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And surely you understand why this is necessary. Um, And then, you know shortly after they would announce their totally voluntary chosen option of uh, doing all those things. Um, And then, you know, next time you'd see them, it'd be in their uh, funeral procession thing where they, next time you see them, it'd be a banner hanging over your shoulder. Well, yeah, I don't think you do banners for Pope's acquit, but um, fair enough. The, uh, yeah, I, I just personally, I think Francis is very gracious for how he's handled the situation. I would not have my predecessor hanging out. Um, and it's nothing even against the predecessor. It's just, I, you know, anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, now that. we're getting too controversial. Oh, wow. That's okay. We're just going to make everybody wow. this. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I am too. Okay, I have so too many check friends that out. to keep up with texting anyway. Yeah, check check that out with Zach. He's uh he's very excited. We're all excited. Uh, give him give him the fee- he loves it when if you read it and then just give him long drawn out notes of what he did right and what he did wrong. Yeah, please, I'll definitely read them. Um, <laughs> no, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if like you know because I just I, the you know I a lot of my conversion and what I focus on is you know the centrality of of you know the successor of Peter. And so mm-hmm. I am wondering if, like, uh, you know, if the ortho bros will see it or I don't know. It's not controversial. It's I think it's charming. But we'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'm well, excited you're very, for the feedback. You're a very charming person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, very. That's what most people think when they think that's part of my brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So the topic, we're going to talk about that devious underhanded secret group that is slowly making its way into taking over dioceses worldwide until it one day reclaims the vatican zach it's a conspiracy that every no one wants you to pay attention to but it's coming the 40 trads in america are all going to band together and take over every diocese yeah. You heard it here first. So what the basically yeah. the, we, we wanted to talk about is we Zach, not to get too inside Twitter, but Zach kind of responded to some people today with a bu- or over the past week with a bunch of tweets, uh, 
why don't you why don't you go with it, Zach? Because you're talking about the idea that the whole extraordinary form and the whole trads taking over and running the joint is like widely overblown. And I agree with you, but why don't you kind of pick up and talk about what you were doing when you were talking about uh, in the tweet thread? So, I mean, a lot of it, I was pointing out just the framing of this conversation. So, um, you know, it typically goes a certain way where people will talk about the mass and they'll talk about, you know, the ordinary form and the extraordinary form or the, the Novus Ordo and the traditional Latin mass or whatever. And they'll say, you know, well, I think both sides um, need to, you know, recognize that each other are valid or, um, you know, a, a lot of trads, you know, are um, are so forceful in, in their stances and this and that, um, you know, their wing needs to be more um, respectful of the other wing stuff. And it, it's kind of missing the point when you say it this way, because you're talking about when you talk about the quote unquote trad wing and the, the extraordinary form, like mm-hmm. less than 1% of the church, mm-hmm. you know? So like in my diocese, so the, also the background is that there's a lot of anonymous people who claim to be trads online that are quite mean admittedly they're very mean and they're rude right so they get people all riled up and then what happens is these because they're loud they get mistaken for an actual threat to the church or i mean just the idea that this is some kind of two-sided thing i mean Mm -hmm. so like in my diocese there's 80 parishes and there's one that's a latin mass parish right so you know the other 79 are ordinary form um Mm -hmm. so that's if that were a bird and the ordinary form was a wing and the extraordinary form was a wing, that bird would be a one winged bird people like it would not be able to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, that is a critical thing to look at when you're looking at the whole discussion that takes place about forms of the mass um, is that, Again, you're talking about one side, not you know, that's 99 percent, um, at least of, of Western Catholicism, and then you know the other side is this tiny kind of blip that is the the Latin Mass. So, you know, uh, immediately people started throwing out, well, there are you know trads who want to completely suppress the new Mass mm-hmm. and yada yada, and it's like, well, guys. You know, I don't know if that's, I mean, I, I'm sure that's true for some that, you know, that they're like gunning for that or whatever. But again, the the new mass is 99%, so there are no threats of that happening. It's not right. going to be suppressed or abrogated. But if you look on the other side, it's very common for Latin mass parishes or groups or, you know, uh, orders or what have you to actually be shut down by people who are proponents of the new mass. Um you know, there was the recent one with the Institute of Christ the King where, you know, a bunch of people had them chased out of um, a parish. I'm trying to remember where that was. Okay, um, right. Anyway, it was our friend's diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the... You see, so it's like one side makes up 99% of the church and then, you know, has a tendency to shut down Latin mass groups or, you know restrict them or you know place institutional barriers to their forming or say oh there can only be one in a you know a diocese of over a million people 
Um, and then the other side, it just isn't true. There's no examples of a of a parish that uses the ordinary form of the mass being shut down by Latin mass people or like them organizing some kind of campaign and the bishop agreeing to shut down a parish. Um, the ordinary form faces no um, barriers to its expansion, its existence. It, it can just do what it wants always, and it does. So it's not really fair to frame the whole dialogue as being a mm-hmm. two-sided conflict because right. it it isn't. One side actually does shut down parishes and restrict and, you know, threaten the existence of the other side. The other side has never done that. I and, yeah, yeah. Do you I was going to ask this okay, this is pure speculation which I know we should try to avoid, but I I wonder if that's ever happened. Like I don't think in the past no, 50, 50 years that that would be even possible. Right. No, it's never happened. Yeah. Um like the it's it it just So it the the problem with that like and this is just speaking from someone who the last the two cities I've lived in for my entire life both have had FSSP parishes, right? And just knowing how respectful of the local bishop these priests are and like they they i mean they it, there's no there's not there's not like an aggressive anti-authoritarian bone in their body when it comes to dealing with the bishop right so like there's no there's just no way that they would stand up they would stand up at mass and preach that like like for example my parish here in phoenix like they would say and next sunday instead of meeting at our normal church we're going to go over to saint Teresa's in phoenix and we're going to like march on them and demand that we have this parish right and turn it into a latin mass thing like it's just not there and it it can't right. it, i mean most, not not most not latin to mention mass it, people keep to themselves and it it really is kind of the issue of Okay, so here, uh, before I get into that, one thing that kind of stirs this is you get priests sometimes who tweet, along with the Anons, priests will tweet things about, like, modesty or, like, women, how women should dress or how people should dress that kind of rile up online, right? It, 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 it makes these things seem bigger than they really are. So, like, what's the response? What do you think is the responsibility of people like that as far as, like, because they don't do the the Latin mass community any service when they do things like that. So, it, like, on the one hand, it's kind of harmless. Angry online but, people? Yeah, but it's it's kind of, it's harmless in a sense it has no effect on the diocese, but it's not, it is harmless, or it is harmful in a in a way that it, affects the emotions of people that they encounter right you know what i'm trying to say well i mean no it's it, yeah but it's i mean it's also people have pointed out it tends to be more harmful towards you know the latin mass or the extraordinary form that there's these you know angry people out there mm-hmm. um you know what i would say on that is that again highlights the other side's um tendency to restrict and shut down and 
chase out Latin mass groups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I agree, you know, everybody should be nice, but I think prior to that, um, you know, the, the side that's 99% needs to, you know, stop using its numerical advantage and institutional dominance to delegitimize the, the tiny 1% size or mm-hmm. side. And, you know, I mean, these angry people online, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, you know, the other, what I would say to a lot of people is, you know, you've never experienced having, um, you know, the rituals that are sacred to you be suppressed or not be allowed mm-hmm. in a diocese or, or, you know, only allowed to have one and you have to drive, you know, all this space to it. Or when you even mention going, people, you know, harass you with, well, do you agree that the new mass is valid? Is it valid? Do you think it's valid? Um, how, like, why, know, why do you think you, why do you feel the need to drive past a bunch of other churches in order to get to this one type thing? Yeah. I mean, just kind of this sort of whole thing when you're like, I'm really just trying to go to mass and, you know, I, do my so thing, guys. I, I actually did see an 80 year, an 80 year old. I went to a men's retreat in LA a few years ago. It was like a, it wasn't an overnight retreat. It was just during the day. But we had a like an eighty year old man there, and he broke down in tears talking about having the Latin Mass suppressed from him the first time. So I've like it's, I've seen people cry for what was taken away from them, right? Like it's no, there's no threat, there's no real threat to have that happen to anyone now, you know. Like you were saying, well, not worldwide, but I mean in di- in individual. No, 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 no. I'm ta- sorry, I'm talking about the as far as the ordinary form goes oh yeah no there's no i mean it's everywhere it's not going anywhere right um you know and that that's where again people kept commenting these tweets and like well but you know if latin mass people could would they suppress it and i just kept saying this is irrelevant that's not an option on the table the other side is the only side that does this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so I, i i don't think it matters what anybody you know what trads would or wouldn't do if they had some magic power like it's impossible Mm -hmm. um and it it just seems a bit much to be asking that question considering the track record that the other side has of doing this for the last 50 years Mm -hmm. now we i mean yeah i get the idea of saying this side and that side for the purpose of the conversation we'd like yeah i mean we're we don't view it as sides ultimately right just for the purpose of the conversation but it's yeah it's i i sat a few months ago i I think earlier this year i was at the latin mass and the priest stood up and basically just let the community have it he's even if they he said basically like even if this isn't happening here know that these communities are susceptible for looking down on the rest of the diocese and the priests like just let just was like you will not do this in our community you will respect you will respect like the entire diocese you will respect all forms of the mass do not like he he was like you know letting like he said, I found it, he said, we're all part of the mystical body of Christ, and when we sow seeds of discord between different forms of the Mass, we are doing the devil's work for him. So, like, that's, like, it, and every FSSP priest I've encountered has given that same homily at one point or another, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think it's good that that self-policing happens. Um, but again, the seeds of discord. Um, yes, there's again, there's there's unfriendly talk, there's nastiness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think one of the the worst seeds of discord is you know when you hear that like in Oklahoma where um, the um, what what's their Our Lady of Sorrows monastery. Okay. Um, was, you know, shut down because, you know, I mean, the reasons we won't go into, but, you know, they were basically a traditional order. They had vocations. Um, you know, I knew people personally who had taken their vacation time and their own money to help build this monastery, and then it just mm-hmm. gets shut down. And so, you know, when people tell me that, oh, someone, you know, on the Internet um, said that because, you, you know, because my daughter wears pants, we're going to hell, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I am sorry that that happened. Um, but like, you know, a, a religious order that people put a lot of time and money into was shut down for no reason. So like mm-hmm. y- y- these people, like you, one side has the option to just ignore, like they can just totally ignore the mean comments and the, the nastiness, you know, block them on Twitter and also just don't care. You know, I mean, why would, why do you care what somebody down the street thinks about whether the mass is valid or not. Like, you know, it, it's valid. So, you know, it, who cares? The other side doesn't have that luxury. The, the, mm-hmm. you know, to the extent that their sides, the, the Latin mass side can't just ignore the, you know, quote unquote other side, because the other side, you know, closes their parishes and restricts them to just one parish or, you know, well, this yeah. and that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, sorry, I'll let you finish your thought, then I'll get back. Well, and I mean, it's just the thing of, like, a lot of times people, you know, go to the ordinary form their whole life, and they never even know that the Latin Mass exists or that mm-hmm. there's these communities out there. Um, you know, that that isn't an option for people who attend the Latin Mass. They know about them because, you know, I mean, we've had it at our parish, people from, you know, other parishes or, uh, you know, kind of low-level employees of the diocese just come sit in on on catechism classes or things just waiting for somebody to say something that they can report back to the chancery has that happened um, that's happened oh yeah oh yeah um because I mean, it'll you'll it's interesting um when that happens um and you know that's always kind of the joke of like you know if, if father gives like a particularly fervent you know homily like on contraception or something we're like oh someone's gonna call the diocese right um but, you know, at the end of the day, our bishop in Dallas is very supportive of us. Um, he always has been, and um, his, his predecessor was as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have a very, we're very fortunate to have the situation that, that we have. Um, well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I know that you said that the Latin mass community doesn't have the, isn't, you know, afforded the luxury of, for, like, ignoring the other side. But I do think that the Latin mass community does not worry about the, the ordinary form of the mass nearly to the extent that people think like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they, it's, I just don't think it's a thing. I, I think people are so like in my own personal view, I'm so fortunate that I was able to find that, that, that community and that those priests that like, I'm just so like, that's all I care about. I, I'm not worried about, anything else really like i don't 
I you know I don't I don't even think about there's no like I no malicious thoughts towards the other side it's just I'm just happy that I found this this Latin mass community yeah I mean on the individual level I think most most Latin mass people know that you know there's a, a decent number of people who aren't interested in the Latin mass and they're they're not really worried about it um mm -hmm. and you know they're not sitting there um constantly stewing over this stuff you know if you if you come visit and i would invite anyone to come visit you know my parish modern day um you'll see people spend a lot of time talking about um their children or sports or um you know the hom the sermons um life the weather there's not uh these are not like you know fan club meetups or whatever um it's just people living their lives and so you know they're, they're not sitting there thinking oh you know down the street you wouldn't believe this novus ordo parish mm -hmm. had a girl altar server mm -hmm. um it just doesn't a, a girl I mean, altar boy yeah um you know, I mean, if, if you, like, pressed them on it, they may have opinions, because a lot of them came from, you know, they didn't grow up with the Latin Mass, but it's sure. it's not something that they... Well, they, they have opinions with, because everyone has opinions. What? They have an opinion because yeah. everyone has opinions. Well, and so, like, you know, and similar with the Pope Francis stuff. Like, I was quoted in an article as, like, a, a, a pro-Francis trad. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, that was supposed to be like this rare thing. And I'm like, no, I really think my position with Pope Francis is actually kind of the default position for the families at um, Latin mass communities, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. that they, they just, you know, he's the Pope, he's there and their, their, their focus is on, you know, their own salvation and their families, their prayer life, devotions, work. Um, they're not, they're not all fighting the info war against Pope Francis. Um, and so, you know, the, it, that's to me kind of an internet perception. And, and obviously there's a lot of loud anti-Francis people and there's that, you know, is way beyond the realm of Latin mass because you have a lot of, well, yeah, um, that exists, that, e that exists, that exists. And neocons and yeah, that exists everywhere. Really? Like it's the, like I, I would venture to say that the, same amount of anti-Francis sentiment you would find at the Latin Mass is the same ratio you would find at your local non-Latin Mass, right? Like I you mean, go, I I, de it depends. I think you could find more sometimes. More, sure. Like it, you know, you're I in the ma the church that in my like the to where I grew up, like the closest one is a affluent conservative area. I bet you. Most of the people, most of the people there, not, I don't know, not, maybe not most, but a lot of the people roll, would roll their eyes at stuff said about Pope Francis, right? Well, I mean, I think that, so for, you know, again, quote unquote trads, um, there's sort of a, just an understanding that, you know, the, the popes have their good moments and their bad moments. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the sort of conservative Catholic space, there was, you know, Pope John Paul could do no wrong, Pope Benedict, you know, and, and realistically, 
in the trad world, Pope John Paul was kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. I mean, they appreciated him, and we we had a ton of sermons about, um, you know, him being a saint and how, you know, how wonderful that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think for you know a lot of people who, um, you know, consider themselves traditional, they're like, yeah, I mean, you know, this has kind of been, you know, you just popes happen they're good they're bad they you know there they are um Mm -hmm. whereas you know for a while especially you know john paul ii was like the face of a sort of whole movement um and you know you did see a lot of people partially i think just because you know he just was had so much charity but you know in his eyes they could do no wrong and then those same people are kind of looking at francis and they're like what is going on um so I don't know. I would think some of your more fervent anti-Francis people would be the conservative group, kind of separate from the traditional. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll find out quickly in the I'm sure in our emails if I'm wrong. Yeah. So what is the like? What's the what's the overall the point? Well, not not solution, but just kind of the point is like I what gets me is when. I see someone that's like, well, I guess I'm not Catholic because I, you know, I s- s- didn't so-and-so, so didn't A, oh, B, yeah, and that, C. that tweet. He's like, my kids aren't aren't super Catholic because they weren't I guess my kids aren't Catholic right. because they weren't baptized in the old right. And then someone was like, did someone say this to you? And the person responded, no, I just saw someone tweet it. Like, it's, it, that, it, to me, it it's maddening because you're just like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like who cares? I mean, the person who said that to you is probably. He didn't even I mean, say I it to him. Describe them, but just no, no, no. Someone who's gonna. Oh, they didn't. They didn't say it to oh, him. Oh, that's right. He, he just saw, saw it. Being it. Said. He just saw it being said. So it's like there's like a I part of the frustration for me in this whole thing is people are going out of their way to look for things to be upset about, right? So it's not. Which it, I mean, that can't surprise you in 2019. No, it doesn't. But but it it's the point of like. <laughs> It's the point of if if one thing if I if I was if I had a kid and I got the kid baptized and I put pictures of it and then someone underneath it commented and said, "Huh, not an old right baptism, so it's not worth as much." Well, then that's one thing, right? That's like a jerk move and that person's a jerk. But if I'm doing nothing and I'm just looking through Twitter and some random person was like, "I don't think I don't think any ba- I don't I don't think any baptism that's not an old right baptism is worth as much. That's just like okay. I mean, what like he he's right, I mean, he's allowed to have an he's allowed to have huh? Well, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, the, some of that's just a completely ridiculous understanding of sacraments. Well, but it's um, also there. People are allowed to have their opinions even if they're wrong, and you're allowed to like block them and move on or just ignore it. Yeah. I How mean, is cyberbullying even is... a thing, bro? Just close your eyes. <laughs> well, it's also just like, who cares? I mean, I, I, I don't want to... It's like, I'm not trying to stereotype or be uncharitable, but like, you know, picture the person that's saying that, oh, your, you know, your Vatican II baptism was, you know, worthless or whatever, or worthless. I mean, mm-hmm. picture what that person looks like. And like, is that really someone you care about their opinion? Hmm. I mean, again, maybe that's not nice, but 
Um, so, yeah, where were we on that? Um, the, the person getting offended. Um, oh, the other thing that'll happen is you'll have conversations with people and they'll be talking about stuff about trads, but it ends up being somebody from like their parish that's just cranky Mm -hmm. and this is really, you know, seems very traditional to them. Right. And so then they conclude that like to go to a Latin mass parish would just be, you know, a parish full of those people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, um, guys, if the person that's being mean to you, um, goes to your parish 52 weeks a year, uh, and is, is under the spiritual care of your pastor, Mm -hmm. um, that is not the Latin mass's fault. Like that's, I hate to say this to you guys, that's on you. Like that, that person is on, is a parishioner at your parish. So like, you should go to your pastor. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of all this? Why did we feel the need to discuss this? Is it just because it's, it, I know we, in an effort to probably bridge some sort of gap that might not even be there, right? Like it, but it's just the, it's more of the idea for the people getting upset that may be listening to this. Like it's not, there's no, is there's no threat. There's no, like it. Anytime you get, anytime some anonymous person or someone says something uncouth online, you can just brush it off. Yeah. I mean, and you, and you should. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I should show you guys some of the things people say to me. Um, what do they say? But, oh, we won't even, we don't have to go there. Okay, fine. Um, I'll send you screenshots. I can't say them on the air. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, these people just ignore them. I mean, that was, I, I always use the, uh, you know, a stranger told me I'm, I'm going to hell because my wife wears pants at the grocery store. Um, but the, you know, it's like, these are not people that have qualified opinions, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, if it's me and Matt, you should listen to what we think of you, but (laughs) if it's just some person, uh, and then, you know, the other thing is that there's just this, this instant sort of whenever the mass is talked about or the Latin mass, especially there's just this instant, like have to mention the mean trads the bad trads mm-hmm. and it's like okay I, i'm not denying that they're out there but like i i really think it's out of context to not look at the dyna- the the dynamics and, and the reality of you know the situation and so when people talk about oh you know i think the latin mass will should be allowed to spread more once you know there aren't these people out here saying these awful things it's like you know it, it sort of reads like um you know the beatings will stop when morale improve. Uh, morale improves, um, <laughs> right. or yeah, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Um, and so, you know, I mean, maybe don't restrict them to just one parish, or maybe don't make it impossible for them to operate in your diocese, um, mm-hmm. or you know, treat them like they're schismatic or that. And then maybe, maybe then see if some of them are still rude. I'm sure some will be because that's the nature of people. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, I mean, maybe give them a fair shake uh, and and see, you know, if they had what you had, if they had, you know, 
pretty much constant access to the the ritual that's sacred to them and you know knowledge that it was always going to be there um like you do maybe they'll be nice like you you know mm. i mean that, we, i guess we don't know yeah it's hard to say it's just yeah yeah uh... but i mean i really don't like the nasty people i just think it's not really fair to like factor that into conversations about the mass itself um and I feel like you and I spent a lot of time, you know. I've never, I've never come across the, that the nice in real trans. life. Yeah, like I've never, I've never come across anybody that mean in real life in a mass. Like and at I, a parish? Yeah, and that goes for like any oh, yeah. parish almost, really. Like I don't, even when I wasn't going to the Latin mass, I didn't, I didn't come across people who were doing things like that. Like it's just such a separate it's such like a contained area that people can do whatever they want. Right. And I mean, there's things that I see online, like the nasty comments that if, if that was said at our parish and one of the priests overheard it, um, he would be very upset. I mean, there would be words exchanged. That's Um, the thing. That's the, that's the other thing about this too is like, and I mentioned it earlier is these, the Latin mass priests, go out of their way to make sure things like this aren't said like it you, oh I, yeah i even even with my my spiritual director and you know i've sat down with him for hours and it's not there's it we don't have like we, we've talked about how we have to make an effort to make sure we're not even close to the in to the realm of ordinary form mass bashing right like even something that someone could take out of context so it's like it's there's very and the the fssp and the institute they're of christ the king they're you know they're under they're they follow the bishop of the diocese they follow everything that the, they're under the vatican right like so it's the amount of yeah, I mean, I, the watching he was started by pope saint john paul ii watching Watching St. Vitus in Los Angeles get up and running made me realize like how how much these guys submit to what the bishop of the area has to say and how much and how much help they do not get. Like the Archbishop Gomez was very good to the to the to St. Vitus in LA. Like he came and he did the he did the parish um dedication. He came to a few of the masses before the parish opened it like he's been he's very nice and he's been very gracious and very very good to the fssp community in los angeles but at the same time the diocese did not help them really at all it was like such an uphill battle to get whatever they wanted to get going and they were allowed to do it but it was just kind of like you they had to earn it right like we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna let you in and just give you everything you have to like they they got out they were allowed to say mass in a parish because the monsignor that was at the parish invited them in right and then that the monsignor ultimately passed away a few years ago so they realized that it was time to get out of there so it like just sitting there and watching all this unfold made me realize like there's there there a great trad uprising is basically impossible because there's no just the levels of there's no there's just no support there's no like the boots on the ground aren't there 
and then there's no like secret there's like no secret trad faction inside the diocese right even our, our even bishop olmstead in phoenix who's a great wonderful bishop and a great man like the idea that there's some secret pocket inside the diocesan offices that are just primed and waiting for this all to crumble so the latin mass can rise again is kind of silly so it they're like praying the office of prime yeah right so in all these it just doesn't even it's just it's just an amazing like the people are just so thankful to have it because it really has been like such a help to the spiritual lives of so many people and it like the people's spiritual growth has been just the number of people who have come out of just desperate situations with the latin mass and found the latin mass and grown have have been so great that it, these people are just so thankful to have it that they really the idea like they the you they don't want there's no wanting to like me personally i don't i want the latin mass to be available everywhere in every parish but i'm so thankful for the fact that i have it so close to me that I don't want to do anything that may rock the boat, right? So, like, it's not. I don't care. Like, I I want it in every parish, but I don't care to fight for it in every parish because the only thing that can do is just remove it from the one parish it's at. Yeah, that's a good attitude. I mean, I think about the people that I've met at you know my parish, and you know the. The number of them that have at some point or another, you know, been homeless or, mm-hmm. you know, the number of people at any given time that have had a miscarriage within the last year or, you know, are, you know, blue collar, you know, doing all the work they can do to feed their families and stuff. I'm like the the jabs about how they need to be nicer. Just, you know, I'm always I don't know. I, t- I, I, I want to defend my my squad. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I would just basically invite everybody to visit if you haven't a Latin mass community and just hang out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you'll see that there's a lot of very lovely people that you can meet and they're not like these weird anonymous internet people. Yeah. We're, we're not anonymous, Zach. We may be weird, but we are not anonymous. True. True. Okay, that's it. I mean, if you guys want to talk about it more, let us know. But we just thought we would do one, and um, hopefully it wasn't too rambly and it came across coherent. But the idea, like, the idea really is just, like, we're, it, it's, it's all the same church, and there's no need to feel threatened by it. And if you, and if you feel threatened by it, you should probably ask yourself why. And that goes for the trads who feel threatened by the new mass too. Really? Like it just, well, I mean, you know, there's, I, I, I'm, I'm saying, well, in, I'm just saying if saying. you, if you get, <laughs> right. No, I'm saying if you get like, if it like ruins your day thinking about this, the, that oh, that form of the mass. Like, yeah. There's somewhere where the, okay. Yeah. You've got to, you got to move past that. Yeah. I'm just saying at the pure existence level, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Saint of the week. Let's hear it. Saint Laborious. Like just listening to this episode was very laborious. Le- okay. Saint Laborious was the second bishop of Le Mans 
in modern day France. Le Mans, is that how you spell? It? Isn't that where the like the race is? Didn't they have some sort of like bike race or car race or something at Le Mans? Oh, I don't know. He's the patron saint of the <laughs> cathedral and archdiocese and Paderborn in Germany. The year of his birth is unknown, but he died in 397, apparently on July 23rd. There's there's not much. It's got to be weird to, uh, I don't know, he's dead, so it's not weird to him. But, like, you're just not really sure of when this guy was born, and it's kind of questionable on when he died. And But, you know, he's a saint. His feast day is July 23rd which was Tuesday, and he's often seen with a peacock and pebbles on a book. And he is the patron saint of against colic, against fever, against gallstones, and the patron of the Paderborn Cathedral in Paderborn. He, since he was in the 4th century, little is known about his life, but he is said to have been the Bishop of Le Mans for 49 years. Uh, He's said to have ordained 217 priests and 186 deacons and was assisted by St. Martin of Tours when he was dying. Uh, He's buried in the Apostle Basilica of Le Mans beside his predecessor, Julian, the founder of the bishopric. So that's that. I'm sorry if this was a little rough, but not too much is known about him. But, uh, yeah, that's the Saints of the Week. Saint Laborious. Pray for us. <laughs> All right. All right, Zach, anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, have a good week, and we will talk to you all next week. See ya. See ya.